conference here at Motion Conference. We have 13,000 students. It is not the same without you. Mark Pettis, can nice you believe here. we are here? Well, okay, what just happened and where are we? We are at the Legacy Arena in Birmingham, Alabama, and it's still hard for me to believe, but just like an hour ago, there were 13,000 students in this room. And Chris Tomlin was actually leading work. He was right, right there. Here. His right sweat. There. There's Chris, Chris Tomlin's sweat right there. You know, I wanted to be here in this unscripted episode with you in this arena after that moment. Yeah. And then we've heard a great message from Richie. Unbelievable. You know, Rich Jr. and uh, the way you and Jill led this everything, Pastor Chris, I mean, Church of the Highlands, the Dream Team. And then, like you said, 13,000 kids were here tonight, be back tomorrow all day. Yep. And then we'll wrap up on Saturday. And uh, this gives me hope for the generation. I know a lot of things we talk about is we talk about the negatives, we talk about the pain. And, and this being unscripted, I'm going to throw uh, questions at you. Okay, let's do it. And so, why does this give you hope for the next generation, this place being full? Yeah, I think, I mean, everything about it to me, it starts with the fact that, I mean, even tonight, you said Richie preached a, preached a great message. Yeah, he did. He went straight to the Holy Spirit, and you saw the hunger in the First room. night. I think, I think what students in this generation are looking for is hope. They're looking for something real to grab a hold of, and that's why they fill this room. Yeah. And they, tonight, first night, Holy Spirit, they're going for it. We saw hundreds get saved tonight. I also think it's important uh, that there were 230 churches here. That's and I incredible. think that's an unbelievable and different denominations, yeah, yeah. body of Christ, unified. All over the country. Unified. I think that's. You were, you were shouting out states and people were from everywhere. Literally all over the country. So you've been on staff here at Highlands. Was it 2004, 2005, somewhere? 2005, team yep. With Pastor Chris. Yep. And then being able to be on the lead team of Highlands. Yep. Serving in a lot of roles. Yep. And then now leading the college. Uh, Jill, wife, three sons. Four, yeah. Four sons, yeah. four sons, yeah. And so, um, I mean, what God has done, and you were once in college in this town. Yeah. And now yeah. right down the street was UAB, yeah. is UAB. Yeah. And now you're here. How did that happen for you as a young person and now leading a boatload of young people? Yeah, I was actually having a conversation tonight with Dakota Duran, who yeah. you know and love. Yeah. We were talking actually about this idea. And I, I, I mean, it's the grace of God that I'm here. I'm so grateful. Yeah. But I think the key that anyone, anyone even listening would need to know is as a young leader, I found a great leader to serve underneath yep. and I just yeah. didn't leave. I just stuck in. Say that again. Just didn't leave. Just did not leave. Saw uh, the vision that Pastor Chris saw of a life-giving church in Birmingham and Jill and I both just felt called to it and now, you know, 18, 19 years later, still there. Never would have dreamed of this or like Highlands. None of that stuff was even in our no, no, no. It was just 
a vision for, to build a church and I wanted to be a part of it. So when you're playing football at UAB, Jill's playing soccer at UAB, you would have you were not thinking this. No, no, I was I felt called to ministry. And actually But what a, did you even think that was gonna be like? I think youth pastor was always in my okay, mind. I, I grew up Baptist and it was either you know, yeah. your kids pastor, youth pastor, or your senior pastor, and I wasn't old enough to be a senior pastor. But I saw Pastor Chris speak one night. So we were at FCA at God, Birmingham Southern. Love it. And the church was only three weeks. Thank God for FCA. Thank God's where I met Jill and met my pastor. Yeah, yeah. And so I love FCA. And yeah, he he said he planted a church. I'd never I didn't know you could plant a church. Yeah. I thought, you know, if you plant a town, you start a town, you start churches, and that's it. Yeah. And so we checked it out, never left. Would you ever thought you'd be in an arena that sits thirteen thousand? It's it's amazing. Sold out. Sold out. I was every, up, every seat. I was up top during Chris Tomlin. I was sitting way up there during Chris Tomlin. Everybody pressing in, everybody desperate. Why is this generation so desperate for God? You sense it about everywhere yeah. you go right now. I think they've tried everything else. I yeah. think, you know, from a young age, they're getting really, everything's being sold to them. They're, they're, they become a commodity. And I think they recognize that none of that stuff works. They, and, and whether or not they know it's Jesus yet, they're looking for something real. And they come in a room like this and they see a bunch of their friends who do know Jesus worshiping, yeah. and they say, I'm gonna try that. I mean, we, my sons had some friends that came tonight, and a couple of them gave their heart to Jesus. Wow. And we've been praying for them for years. I think the room itself gave there them was, faith yeah. to step out. Yeah, and it, it'll be that way tomorrow, it'll be yeah. that way. And, and it can be that way anywhere. Anywhere. So, you you know, really, it, we see the big room, and I love it, and I love the cleaning, they're straight, and it's late at night here. Yeah. And I, I just can't, it's just, from this point, it's. I don't think I've ever been here at midnight. I kind of like it. Yeah, it's kind of, it's, and it's humbling. It's, to see what God's done and the yeah. generosity of people who make all this happen. But it but it boils but it also boils down to micro. Yeah. It boils down to a small group. Yep. It boils down to one of our campuses that maybe has a hundred kids. Yep. Or a small group leader that is tending to fifteen junior high kids. Yep. I think that's the beauty and that and that's needed now. Yeah. So we need the big, but you also are passionate about the small. Absolutely. As it, because that's important in a student's life right now. Yeah, and even tomorrow, speaking of conference, and I think in church, small is where we want to get students. In fact, we use the big to get them to the small. Yeah. That's, that's where it's at. But even tomorrow at conference, after the main sessions, they'll actually go into a different room, okay, a big exhi exhibit hall, and they're going to break into small groups of five and six students to talk about the message. Why is that so important? I think it's important because that, I mean, the Bible teaches us the value of relationships and we need um, the accountability and the framework of working our faith out with others. I think for students though, they're connected digitally, they're connected in school, um, but they're, they're oftentimes not getting those real meaningful relationships. And I think giving them a chance here to do that is, is a way to whet their appetite to go home and live it out at their church. Yeah, do you think one, of, we all know this, we hear a lot about mental health. Yeah. That, that mental health pain is getting younger and younger. Technology, I mean, yeah. you're leading a college, you're, you're working with students constantly, you're dealing with parents. Yeah. Um, talk to me about what you're seeing happening with technology. I know it's good and bad. Yeah. This is technology. Yeah. Absolutely. We're doing right now. A lot. Uh, yeah, I mean, and then, you know, unscripted is coming through technology. Yeah. You know, so uh, Highlands College has technology all over the place. Yeah. What's the good and bad of that? Yeah, I think there's so much good. I mean, even AI, is, is, as we do this, this this recording, I mean, that's the newest thing yeah, out there right now. Sure. I, I fully understand it, but I recognize that that's another example of a lot of good and opportunity to to move humanity forward, and then a lot of risk there. I think it's. I think parents. Um, I think 
in a lot of ways, I've noticed, at least in our church, parents yeah. are, and your really, sons. are really leaning in right now to how to really help help young people learn how to steward technology. I think there was a time where we didn't understand it, so we kind of just Let's go. free for all. Yeah. But I've talked to more parents than ever who are teaching them the good, but also restricting it in a way that protects them from the bad. We're trying to do that. So you do that with your boys? Yeah, just teach them. It's a stewardship issue. Like, this is a gift we have. It's an opportunity, but we need to steward it well. And there's some things that are really great with it, and we can read our Bibles through it. There's access to others and all yeah. those things, being very careful with it. What's it's not going anywhere. I think that's the main thing. Yeah, I have yeah, heard yeah. some church leaders get frustrated, even with AI recently. Like, you know, it's like, just are upset that that's the thing. I mean, well, it's, it is a thing now, so we got to learn how to live in that world. Yeah. So what does discipleship look like now for this generation? as it relates to, as a church leader, uh, a college setting, how, how are you seeing discipleship now? Yeah. And, and where, where's it come, to, where's where it going to, or where's it at? I think the big, the key right now in discipleship is you can't take for granted the, their baseline biblical knowledge. I think, I think especially here in the Bible Belt, there was a whole season where, you know, people grew up in church and they had a pretty baseline understanding of kind of water level of, of, of the Bible and of theology. And we were building on top of that. We've just felt here that we got to really go back at the very, to the very beginning. Yeah. And just take them through a journey of who is God, what is truth. And walking in them through that is more important than ever. Just, I tell youth pastors this, just don't take it for granted. And really they're hungry for it. So if you present it in a life-giving relevant way, uh, they want to learn, they want to lean in, they want to grow. Yeah. But they, there's messages we can preach. They don't even know where to put them because they don't have that foundation. You know, and I saw that in the opener. We talked, yeah. So where did that, well, tell me about the opener. Maybe we'll show a few clips of it. Yes. Yeah, so that our, opener was like from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I think so now. That's actually a perfect example. We were, we were in the creative. Uh, yeah, of dream attention. And our theme is to all generations. So we wanted to, to creatively show that we're receiving something that has been built over generations and we have a responsibility to pass it on. So it's kind of the baton pass or the torch yeah. pass. And so we went literally back to the beginning and showed how God is light and has moved, that light has moved yeah. all the way to this arena and it will move into our hands and through our hands to the next generation. That's we, good. We had a lot of students help us put it together and they loved the whole journey yeah. of learning about it. Was, it, was, it, was, it, was, um, it was meat. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, it, and I think that's some of the misconceptions. I think those misconceptions are leaving. Yeah. And I think people are realizing, hey, kids need to be preached to. They need, uh, of course, they need all the other things, but they need, you know, they need to experience the Word of God. You don't, you know, it's, it's, you know, the student ministry can get cool, can get fun. I, I like all that. But they got to unpack all that. You can't hang all your hooks on, we're cool. So our, our good friend Rob Hoskins talks about the need, and, he, and, and at One Hope, they're building this, the need for a catechism, which is a fancy word that he uses. Really, is, it just means q and He's good with fancy words. He's brilliant. Much smarter than me. But but what I love about his teaching on that is how students, the catechism just means question and answer, is we present questions to them and then they are able to access the Bible for answers and they're learning how to solve the problems of their life with God's word. And that's what gives them the motivation to continue to grow. I think that's the core of discipleship right now is take them on that journey in the scripture. And it's here's the big thing. The world doesn't work and the Bible does. So it, if we can help them get access to it, they're, they're hungry for it. So if you're a youth pastor and somebody said, hey, I'm getting ready to be a youth pastor. I'm getting ready to lead students. I'm a, I'm a volunteer. I'm gonna do this on Wednesdays. I'm gonna do this on, in a Sunday school class, whatever. What's your three bits of advice for a student leader? Or if I'm the pastor and I don't have a student leader, yeah. but I wanna get these kids at my house on Sunday night because yeah. we started having some students coming. What are three things that are like, hey, these are three pillars 
of reaching, discipling, caring for students right now? If you just tell us what you've learned all these years. I think right now more than, I got three. I think right now more than ever, it's a vehicle for, to answer the question, what is truth? And I think we, we both would agree that's a small group environment, but not just uh, they show up in a small group and you know, we have a pre-prepared, pre-determined you know, lesson, but we actually just allow them to ask questions and discover God's word. I think discovering truth, helping on kind of a guided self-discovery. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like you're, you're, you're cooking the meal together. Yeah, definitely, I think secondly, where do I belong? I think always healthy community is- Community, yeah. And- How is friendship? Oh, there's a lot, because there's a lot of unhealthy community right yeah. now. Yeah. Students are more connected, but disconnected than ever before. And so facilitating that, I tell youth pastors right now, I mean, I love LEDs and yeah. lights and all of that, but the greatest <laughs> evangelistic tool you have is real relationships right now. Yeah. If your youth group, has authentic relationships, it's gonna attract you. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons this room is full. Yeah. It's because their friends are bringing them to a life yeah. place. And the last thing I would say, you know, is does my life matter? We have to let students discover their purpose and getting them connected to their 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 calling at a young age is everything. So you know, what is truth? Where do I belong? Does my life matter? Well, people would see this many students, see this arena, all this opportunity, got great speakers and you know, and, and Church of the Islands is generous, like many churches that are watching right now. Got good leaders. We got a great leader, Pastor Chris. But, you know, the, they see this and they think, well, I want it now. Yeah. And if there's anything to me that is a long game, it is building student ministry. Absolutely. And, and, and so often we're not patient at that age. I, I constantly tell student pastors, this is a long par five. Yeah. And so, you know, talk about that. Yeah, I just think we talked a little bit about it earlier. I just think youth pastor, find a church with a vision you believe in and a leader you can follow and plant in there. Yeah. Love the five kids you have. Pastor those five kids. Teach them the word of God. Teach them about evangelism and allow it to organically grow. I mean, I think about this room. This is a miracle. And this is a lot of other churches than Highland. Sure. But, you know, when I came on the team as a youth pastor, we had, we had about 60 kids and we had four small groups and it was beautiful and it was amazing. But yeah. it was the, that core is what has built yeah. this room. And I think that's just a, again, it's the long game, you know, and I'm, I've been in youth ministry. You've been, you're, I feel like you're still in youth ministry. Uh, You've been in it for a long time. I'm, I'm grateful to still be and, a part. And I mean, that's, that's the key is just, I don't think you have to be that talented. You just don't quit. Yeah. <laughs> just like stay yeah. in it yeah. and prove your yeah. love for students and they'll, and they'll, and they'll, they'll grow with you. And it's, 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 it's yeah. a powerful thing. Well, and, and you know, walking through the corridors, you know, just talking to students, high-fiving, chatting, stopping, a few pictures here, all that kind of stuff. That's so important to them. You gotta be with them. Yeah. I mean, you just have to be with students. It's still McDonald's. If you don't love being with them, you shouldn't be in it. No, and still yeah. basketball games. It's messy. It's it's still all that. It's Axe, yeah. body spray. It's, yeah. it's Taco Bell. Axe. It's Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's now gene model. Oh, yeah. Kids jumping around here going crazy. His, his room's stunk. Thank God they're cleaning it. Yeah. But you know, you, you want to have, you want to be with them. Yeah. And, and, and I, I, that's something that's not changed in 30 years. And, and it never will. And I think more than ever before, many kids are coming from a broken home. So their youth pastor and maybe, you know, youth pastor couple is the healthiest relationship they've yeah. ever seen. And yes, our love for them, our desire to spend time with them and just having fun. Through the mess, yeah. like it's messy. They they're gonna date and break up. Oh. We're gonna this, all that. But loving that, you gotta love that mess. You gotta love it. You remember Scooby Doo? Yeah. At the end of Scooby Doo, they'd always catch the the bad guy. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They'd be like those darn kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like some youth pastors get. <laughs> if you lose the grace, it's like those darn kids. You gotta love them. Have fun. Oh, yeah. You know, it, sometimes kids are hard. 
They'll yeah. embarrass you. They'll they'll throw shade at you. They'll make you feel dumb. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many times I felt goofy, you know, just the way they, you know, or a kid won't talk to you. It's the chin check, though. They're just, they're just checking. Are you going to stick in? Or, yeah, yeah. And, and but that's what I was going to say is you're going to have some of that. Always, yeah. I mean, think about kids that you've cared about, students, where it's hard, and yeah. and they and you they keep coming back, but they're not friendly. You're trying to work with them, but it is that staying power in their life. Yep. And I could think of people in my mind right now that, you know, there's a kid right now pastoring in Baton Rouge. She's fourth year as a church. I kicked him out of the youth group. <laughs> Yeah. A couple times. Yeah. And because he was he was so obnoxious. Yeah. And he would make fun of me. On Sunday morning, he would make fun of me. Yeah. And I'm the preacher. Yeah. I was the senior pastor. I kicked a kid out of our youth group. I wasn't even the youth pastor. I love it. But I, I can remember uh going to his house. Yeah. And and and, go, and visiting him. Yeah. And just stayed with it, stayed with it, Chad Dinkle. And so uh, you know, you probably could think of oh, yeah. students right now that you led that about wore you out. Yeah. But now they're part of this team. 100%. And that's the beauty of it. I think that's the that's what was done for us. I don't deserve to be yeah. here. <laughs> I mean, my youth pastor's name is, is Bill and and Bill Love loved Bill. me. Bill hey, was he you he didn't dress cool. You no, were, you he wouldn't he worry would, about all. There was nothing about Bill. Not where you were from. <laughs> Not where I was from. There was nothing about Bill on the ex- outside that you just said, you know, that's that's the guy that's going to change your life, but he loved me. He fought for me when I was an idiot. He still showed up, you know, and 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 at those low moments, you know, you're yeah. 17, 18, walking through things that could be life, you know, life yeah, yeah. In perspective, they don't seem big now, but in those moments, those were trajectory changes. Yeah. And am I going to go with Christ or the other way? And Bill was right there in the intersection. Yeah. And I think that's those hard moments turn into life change. I actually saw a girl here tonight that same thing. She's now serving on the team here at Highlands. But you remember when? Oh, we we were on the phone call with her and her parents walking through some things she and she hated our guts because we were forcing her yeah. to bring it into the light. Yeah, yeah. Now she's here serving God and that's all God's grace, but thankful we got to be in that moment. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Unscripted. We just want to take a brief moment to say thank you to Highlands College for making this episode possible. Highlands College is known for combining a strong academic curriculum with practical hands-on ministry training, working alongside today's church leaders They believe in training students holistically in academic instruction, character formation, ministry training, and spiritual development. To learn more about this opportunity, check out this brief video. If you're searching for purpose to make a difference that lasts, welcome to Highlands College, where leaders are trained and placed to live lives of eternal impact. At Highlands College, you'll take innovative classes that prepare you to influence a complex world and receive hands-on ministry training to develop the skills needed to fulfill the call of God on your life. You will have unprecedented access to global ministry leaders on HC's state-of-the-art campus, and parents appreciate HC's biblical and traditional values and the pillars of academic instruction, character formation, ministry training, and spiritual development. Life as an HC student is an experience unlike any other with a supportive community that grows your faith and builds your character to lead. At Highlands College, we will personally connect you to ministry roles within a global network of churches and ministries. You can join the lifelong family of graduates who are reaching communities around the world with the hope of Jesus. We have built a place for you and your future. Join us and experience the more you were created for. 
choose a life of eternal impact. What do you think? I mean, a lot of senior pastors are like, hey, I want a good youth ministry and I want it now. We'll go hire a guy. What's your advice to a senior pastor who says, I want a good youth ministry. We don't have it. You know, and, 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 and he's, there's no one there. What does a senior pastor do? The best thing Chris Hodges, I think does for all of us, but specifically for me in youth ministry was he gave me the touchdown. I never had to wonder. That's good. He didn't tell me how to do it. And that's one of the beauties of Pastor Chris. He gave a lot of leeway, but he made sure I understood what winning looked like so that as a youth pastor, I knew which direction to go. At our church, this is what youth ministry success looks like. And that's different at different churches, sure. but I, it was never in the dark, that was in the light. So because of that, I knew that when I put energy towards something, it was honoring him. It was, it was underneath the calling and the, and, the, and the mandate of our house versus, you know, a lot of times youth ministry can feel like a tiny kingdom, sometimes on accident. Yeah. But if a senior pastor doesn't let their youth pastor know that's what true. it could look like, should look like, then I think it, it can quickly become an uncomfortable relationship. The other way around is, if I know where the touchdown is, now I'm, I'm I mean, yeah, yeah. me, my team, we're all heading in that direction. Yeah, because if you're not careful, because I, you know, I volunteered as youth pastor my first interim. I went to Bible college for a year, was learning under Glenberto, who's a legend. Yeah. And then I took over our youth group. It was a, a guy had left and there was about 12 kids. And then I led it for an interim for about 12 weeks that summer. Yeah. And, uh, and you're like, and, and what I realized quick was I'm not the superstar. Yeah. This ain't about me. Not about It's me. about the vision yep. that the pastor had and how we could serve that. Yeah. And I think if you're not careful as a youth pastor, you can start thinking, I am the super, I'm the main event. I'm the entree. Yep. No, 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 no. You're trying to be, tend to and be faithful for the vision that is on that house and that senior pastor. Yeah. That's what you're saying you did with Pastor Chris. Yeah. I mean, even, even uh, years ago, uh, we had a very typical youth ministry. Met every Wednesday. I would try my best to preach, we tried yeah. our best to fill a room. And that, that's a great model. And, but for us, there was something new happening in our church. We were going multi-site. There was a lot of different dynamics. And we just realized that our students love Sunday morning. They love listening to Pastor Kristen yeah. under his, his, his speaking. And we had an opportunity to focus more on small groups if we did less services. And basically for us, it was now a once a month youth service. Now I'm only preaching once a month but our students are encouraged to be a part of Sundays, which they're loving. And then that extra time during the week, they're in small groups. Yeah. Bottom line is all of it grew. Yeah. It's, it's not about us. It's not, it wasn't about the youth ministry itself. It was about us getting students into the vision of the house. Hey, Motion 2023, we're here. Sold out crowd, over 13,000 students in the room. We can't wait to see what God's gonna do. A lot of young leaders in the room. So we're gonna go around, chat with some kids, see what everybody's doing see where they're from, see what they're excited about. Let's go. I'm here with my guy, Ty. Where are you from, brother? Home in Alabama. Shout out to Andy Heiss. First year? First year. How you feeling? You like it? I love it. What's been your favorite part so far? The worship. The worship? Sure, yeah. Strong. Come on, we got a youth group here. Where y'all from? Texas. Texas. What's your favorite part so far? The worship. Worship? Yes. Hey, what's your name? Jeremy? Where are you from? Phoenix, Arizona. Day two, what are you most excited about? Engaging the youth and empowering them for the future. Ready to take this to our church and just get that fire, All that right. Holy Spirit fire. Let's go, what's up Phoenix, one more time. Day two, we out here. 
How y'all doing? Good, good. Where y'all from? We're from Fayetteville, Arkansas. Fayetteville, Arkansas. Yes. Man, I'm, I'm excited about the uh, community group. Yeah, this all our students right Let's here. Let's go. Day two. So we just said what's up to some of our friends here at Motion. It's day two. We will see you soon. Hey, we're backstage here about to head into pre-service rally. Let's follow me. If you look at the landscape of student ministry right now, what would be one thing you'd want to change that you hear around the country? I mean, I think, I think. I know everybody's trying. Yeah, everybody's yeah, and I, I don't, yeah, and I know you're not asking, and we, neither one of us would think critically. Yeah. I, just, I think oftentimes, it's probably this way in all of ministry, that we think the platform is it's the show. Yeah, it solves it all. And I think there, there's so many great preachers and a lot of young preachers have grown up seeing yeah. those great preachers, and that's a lot of pressure. You, I mean, Judah Smith, come on. Stephen Fur, all these Richie. Rich well, Richie, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, none of us can be those guys. But the pressure to do that makes you put the time and energy, which it deserves time and energy, 100% into the platform. But I'm telling you, it's important, but man, building those small groups, hanging late out with those kids, basketball. late night basketball, and recognizing um, that that puts the priority into the season where the student is. It takes both, but just not being disproportionate in that. I think about how many nights, Jill, Delenn, we had girls that would, she would, a lot of times I'd go stay with the guys. Yep. We'd go hang out at some place, late night basketball. Yep. And then she would have the girls come yep. over. You know, they'd do, you know, be together. You know, and it was, it's just, it's hundreds of nights yep. that you log, yep. uh, trying to let them know you love them and you're gonna be there for and them. And for them, as much as they love, love your sermon, those are the moments they remember. Yeah. You were there that night, late night, hanging yeah, out yeah. at Matt, the house. Matt LeBron did the pre-service. Yep. What do, what do we call that? Pre-service rally. It's like a rally. Yeah. So before, so expl what, explain what that is. Yeah, so right before this main service, we were backstage with some of the core team. And honestly, it's a chance to pray. It's, it's, a, ch it's a chance to love on and see some of our dear yeah. friends who are in town. Yeah. And a chance to pray. And yeah, Matt, who is who who you raised up and has got so much of your DNA in him, um, brought three doing different- great right now. Oh, he's- I mean, unbelievable. They brought seven charter buses of students from his campus in Huntsville. And uh, yeah, he, he brought three testimonies of who's going to be in the room. It was a beautiful moment. It was kind of cool. Painting a picture of who's in the room. Yeah, I can remember him as a, a, a kid. And then I remember him, he would be around a lot. Yeah. And on Sundays, I just remember pulling him in to, you know, to the backstage room and to, you know, sometimes he'd sit down there with Dylan and I as a 14-year-old. You know, I think at 16 years old, I, I got him to be an intern. Yeah. You know, and, and, and man, he was still jacked up a little bit. You know, had that swooped hair, swooping yeah, his hair the whole time. Swoop. And, you know, and, but, you know, just being around, being around, being around, uh, bring some correction. Yeah. Bring some love, bring some TLC. And then now to see him now, wow. you know, genuine, loving kid. That's the, that's the big reward. Yeah that you have with students. So let's let, transition for a moment because uh, one of the other things that you are so passionate about, Pastor Chris, is, is Highlands College. So bridge student ministry yeah. into Highlands College 
and uh, a lot of similarities for you, but also what's, what's been different for you to learn as a leader? I mean, so many similarities. What I love about Highlands College is that as I've gotten older, youth pastor, you have to be aware of your age somewhat. I don't, yeah. You don't have to age out. Yeah. You know, once you have kids in youth ministry, they may not want you to be. They don't want you there. So um, for me, I've loved the opportunity to stay connected, in this case, with college students, to so still being around that energy and that environment, uh, but definitely in a different, kind of in a different vehicle. Yeah, and, and, and for us, Highlands College was this vision back in 2011 to reimagine a Bible college. Yeah. So we, we love what God is doing and has done through Bible colleges, but for us, we knew it was something different that looked more like one of the military academies that had this kind of holistic training, not just getting trained in a classroom, yeah. but getting the practical and the spiritual and the character that you need. And so honestly, as a leader, I've loved being able to stay connected to my passion, which is this generation, um, but learn, I love to learn. So learn, learn how to build a college, which has got a business aspect and a ministry aspect, and there's the academic aspect and accreditation. Knew nothing about any of that going in, but but was able to find a great team and together. Yeah, you know, we, we're still we're still every day. We love it because every day we're learning and growing. Yeah. and stepping into space we've never been before. But it's come together and now. Yeah. We have you know hundreds of students and a beautiful campus. I was with a I was with a pastor the other day on the West Coast, and he said we, and I felt it in the church. He said we got a good amount of teenagers, junior high, which they're still a little bit navigated by their parents. Yep. And then they had some older twenties. Yep. Mar- young married some 30s. He said, our gap is 19 to about 26. Yeah, yeah we're losing that. Age. Okay. Across Why are we losing? And what are things that you feel like we need to do, change, adjust? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, just to go back to earlier conversation, I believe without the biblical worldview, we're setting them up to go off to college at 18 and 19 years old and not lose their mind in any I don't think they're intentionally going to college. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be an atheist. But they they don't have a solid foundation biblically, and so when they're taught new things and different yeah. worldviews, they're able to, to to completely walk away, or even just part of what their their whole mindset now towards the church and towards the Bible changes. And I think we're we're losing that battle. I mean, every statistic would say students who are going to universities um, that don't have that that solid bi- bi- biblical worldview are are going to yeah. More likely than not, I think 96% of them don't come out the other side in church. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a big statistic. That's a big number. I mean, they, and, and, and they didn't begin that way. No, they, they came in generally with some level of interaction, but without, again, that solid foundation of why do I believe what I believe. I, yeah. I know about it, but why, which is yeah. what's so important. And really, to me, it, 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 there's not this idea now that we've got to get these kids to a certain age to lead. I mean, I'm seeing massive leadership at that age through yep. the college. I'm seeing that with student ministry. Yeah. So you're calling out a lot of potential early. Because I think at times they're under-challenged. Absolutely. You know, when we could, when we should be calling out more yeah. from yeah. them, not less. We get worried we can't ask them. Yeah. Let's do less. Which really pushes them away because they're under-challenged. And something else is, is requiring a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think the whole world is pushing into the younger and younger. I mean, you can take college credit courses in eighth and ninth grade now. So I think for us, us at the church, and I understand that, that there's a, there is an immaturity to our, our children. They're growing up, and in some ways, yeah. there may be an immaturity, but there's also a, a maturity in other areas that they've never had before. And they're looking for somewhere to get involved. They're looking for a cause to be a part of, and they're not waiting until 18, 19, 20, 25 years old to do that. They want to do that at 10 and 11 and 12. Give me something to live for, which is a great opportunity. 
And it's interesting he said that it's like they're mature, but they're immature. Yeah. I was watching a little, I was doing a little Discovery Channel the other night, and it was showing a killer whale and his, and his cub or his pup or whatever yeah. that is. And it was still like, you know, 20 feet long. Yeah. And the, and the baby was like 4,000 pounds. Yeah. And even though it was like, you know, a baby, it still could destroy a boat. Yeah. And it's like, it's almost a little bit like that. Absolutely. That, that you know, it, they're young, but yet they still have the potential to do make some damage in their life. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or to create some problems for their life. Yeah. They've just had more exposure to the world than any of us ever would have imagined at a young age. Yeah. And that's required some things to grow and other things to atrophy. How do you preach different to... Uh, junior high, high school, and then to college. I mean, I don't know if I'm the expert in that. No, but you do a good job of that. I think, yeah. You could see how you, um, there's different gears for you. Yeah, and I think when you're in a pure middle school environment, I mean, you have such a huge opportunity to, to really yeah. lean in and love it. And you gotta be aware of the attention span, et cetera. I think when, for us in our, in our youth ministry, our once a month gathering is middle school and high school students. Okay. And what we've always felt in that room specifically is preach to the high school senior yeah, 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 and yeah, everyone yeah. will go to that level. You're so right. And, and, uh, and I think that's been a whole lot of fun too, to see middle schoolers in that room, okay. they, they're not gonna act crazy because they wanna look cool to the middle to the high schoolers. So kind of in that target. Uh, and then in college age, I think slow everything down to college students. I think um, they're looking oftentimes for an exegetical verse by verse, unpack this, let it breathe, and really dig in deep. And I think that's a fun opportunity. I think they're in that season of life. Yeah. It's it's akin similar to what they're experiencing like in a college or environment. They're yeah. More of a lecture in some ways. I don't think you go sell out to that mindset, but they do want you to say at some point, here's the text, here's the meaning, here's the context, here's how to apply it yeah. in a much more um, I, I was, deeper way. I was talking to a guy the other day, he's done youth ministry a long time, longer than us. And, and I asked him that question. He said, I still think junior high is still a little wild and loud. You gotta be wild and loud. Wild and loud. You can't go long. He said, you get in high school, gotta be authentic, gotta be in touch. Yep. Uh, you, you know, it, it's gotta be meaningful. Yep. And you, you, you gotta be able to connect with their world. Yep. Speak in their language. And he said, college age, you gotta get to the deep end of the pool quicker. Yep. They, don't need flash. they don't need flash. Yeah. They don't need any, any show. Just open your Bible and preach. Yeah. What do you say to a student right now who's, who feels called? It's a big word we hear a lot. I'm called. Yeah, I think, well, number one. It's a pressure word. I was about to say, number one, I always try to take that pressure off. Because oftentimes they, they feel like there's this one thing that's oftentimes in their mind, you know, finding the one job that's connected to the one thing in the entire world that they're supposed to do. And that's so much man, we, But being set free from that is I'm, I'm, I'm called ultimately to the Great Commission. And God can use me in that in any season, in any seat yeah. to accomplish that. And really, what I always say is your 20s are your decade to experience as much as you can and find your passion. Yeah. And so just in your teenage years, fall in love with Jesus, get planted in a church. Your 20s, try everything. In your 30s. There's Tomlin dance around the stage. It was a good dance. He's a good dancer. Yeah. And it was, yeah, in your 30s, and you start planting in and digging deep into an area. Because you get, you, you, I mean, because here's what sometimes, if someone feels called, yeah. they come to Highlands College. Well, the river takes them differently. Oh, 100%. And a lot of times they could feel down, guilty down on themselves because now they're, 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 they're coming out of college or they're, you know, now they've got another job, you know, they're having to do something else. And the enemy boy can get in there yep. and, and get in their ear. Yeah. You know, because it's like I'm 22 and I, I, I'm not doing that. Yeah. How does a, a, pa like a pastor or a church plan, whatever, and wh how would Highlands College help them? Why is it we feel like this belongs to the body of Christ? 
It's not a Church of the Highlands thing. I keep, we, we keep saying that. that yeah. This is a place that you can send your students and we're gonna do what to help you, you know, in the long run. Yeah, I think, I think um, Highlands College is the perfect place for any student that knows they have a call of God on their life. They don't need to have dialed in anywhere beyond, I wanna give my life to the cause of Jesus Christ. Like a surrender. A surrender, and that they, they, they sense in their heart that that's gonna be based and birthed out of the local church. Maybe they're part of another ministry, maybe they go into business as missions, but, the, but at the core of it, they're planted in a local church and their every day is, is to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ on planet Earth. And what we do to help them, here's, here's the key, I think at Highlands College is you're coming in and we're taking them through a journey, which now is four years, which we're really yeah. excited about, a four-year journey of discovery. Day one, you're able to get in and serve and grow like we've already talked about. Yep. But then through the exposure we give them to all different areas of ministry, you find that passion and then, you, and then you plant into it as your major, as you roll into your junior year. So they're able to then really dig in deep in the area that they've had two years to discover. And one of the greatest wins for you, I've seen this about you and your team, is if that for that student to come out of college and either go into a church, but we've had a lot of wins where that student ends up back at that church. Oh, I think that from. is the win. Our dream. And truly, now, they're, now they're serving. Truly, our dream is that there would be a sending church yeah. that would send their students to Highlands College. And on the back end of those four years, that student's coming back to them and they've been able to experience, you know, learn and grow at Highlands College, but they have the context to step right back in. The relationship's already there in their home church. And, uh, and we even, a lot of our students who are doing that go home every summer and serve in their yeah. church. So they stay connected and then they jump around. That's the real win. If I'm a pastor and I'm, I'm sending them to HC, then I wanna know, hey, if, if it's God's will, man, I'd love to have them come back with what you, with the yep. DNA of this house. Yeah. As they merge into what we're building here in Portland, what we're building yep. here in Milwaukee. Yeah. And that is a big emphasis. I, I've watched you the last couple of years. You've grinded on that part. 100%. And really just helping helping pastors understand and find the right candidates and students in their church, there you go. the right fit for Highlands College. And then at Highlands College, we're doing everything we can to honor that pastor, serve that pastor, and really allowing the pastors to help shape the training. Even, hey, what, is, what does it take to build a church in Portland? Well, let's build that into our curriculum so that you're not just getting a student who has served yeah. Even in the mindset of Church of the Highlands. Even scalability. But that other churches from the country, in fact, we have pastors from other, all around yeah. the country now who are adjunct professors. Our students have the exposure yeah. and they can be effective wherever they go. And, and the, the scalability is important because I was watching here tonight during worship, about half the stage was Highland College graduate, yeah. probably more than half. Yeah. And, but they've not all been doing in this room. Oh, no. They were doing micro, oh, mini, acoustic worship, baby, at small groups. <laughs> in small groups. Still are. Yeah. Still are doing that. Or at the campus level, yep. as a, as a, 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 a C, B grade yeah. singer, all that, because, you know, there, there's just still, because that's still really what ministry boils down to, oh, 100%. is the span of care at, at that, at that level. Yeah, I mean, this is a three-day event once yeah. a year. We love it, but no, this is, yeah, this is, what I love in seeing these graduates up here tonight is seeing that they have been a part of that entire journey. And I, man, I was so impressed with our worship, specifically worship team, just the yeah. depth and the passion and, and seeing that they, they've, honestly, they have that connection because they are in students' lives every yeah. single week in, in our church. They're not, they're not just leading worship, they're living with it and yeah. pastoring them. And doing all the other things. Yeah. What do you think, if you were to say, I wanna wrap up, but what is the horizon of Highlands College? What do you see on the horizon? It's four years, it's accredited. I mean, it's Pastor Chris's passion. What do you, what do you see in it, like in your spirit? Yeah, I think, I think 
um, we're really excited for seven years, last seven years especially, working on accreditation. Every day we're coming to kind of to kind of get to the starting line. Yeah. And a lot of it was formation. What I see right now is that the accreditation journey really gave us the four years, which really gives us the full potential we see to train students. And I see we, this fall launching seven degrees is just the beginning. I mean, we'll launch an eighth degree next year, which will be in the business wow. area, businesses in the mindset of business yeah. admissions. I think I think continuing to build out that curriculum and then recruiting, we have a dream and a vision to recruit um, a faculty from all across the country. All of our professors are practitioners. So these will be some pastors and leaders who may come and be full-time faculty, but many who will still serve in their churches and teach classes. And I think that's gonna be a, a, a kingdom dynamic that hasn't been seen in the specific way it's gonna happen. And then I think our facilities, yeah, there's so much better. More dorms, more athletic facilities. I mean, just continue to see the campus growth. So the students, which we we see growing to a thousand students in the next four years, those thousand students and can have an incredible collegiate experience building lifelong relationships in a, in the context of a local church being trained by practitioners, real, real ministers um, here in Birmingham. And the seed was, Pastor Chris had a heart to train, equip, yeah. and, and stu- call it a revelation. Students. Honestly, a revelation of Luke 10 too. There you go. A mandate that the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few. And that's what we're doing through ARC and through GROW. That's what we're doing through Highlands College is get those laborers out. And Highlands College is that tool for the young generation. Unscripted with Mark Pattis hey. at... 1 a.m. in the morning. With, with, with a gnat flying around. With the gnat flying around and all these lights. Hey, it's unscripted. It's unscripted. It's unscripted. And so we're going to go sleep for a couple hours. Honored honored to be here tonight. Well, I, pr- I appreciate you. You're a great leader and you're a great husband, a great dad. And I think that's what is always the win for all of our, everybody we know, it boils down to that. That's where it boils down. It's the people that know you the most, love you, have respect for you. And... um and I, I think that's what we have in our past. That's what we have with a lot of friends. Yeah. A lot of friends that are here, a lot of friends that we have yep. in Art Grow, all these things. And uh, because we are living, we all are living a little bit of an unscripted life. Oh, especially that parent life. <laughs> <laughs> you just know. Oh, man. So, hey, I'm going to see you in about what, like six hours? Oh, less than that. Let's go. Let's pretend like we Mo, Mo show, Mo. Here we go. Let's go. Day two. Hey, what a great episode of Unscripted. We loved having conversation with none other than the legend, Pastor Mark Pettis. And if you want any more info on Highlands College or want to check things out, you can go to highlandscollege.edu. And also, if you're interested in learning more about planning a church or partnering with ARC in some way, we'd love for you to visit our website at arcchurches.com. We would love to connect with you. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Unscripted.